and we are live. You are watching No Shafted with my friends, Strand Roy. All the best, Trifilara. Edo, welcome to another edition of the No Shafted podcast. This is the third show we've done in two days. Uh, I'm still, as you know. Um, and yesterday, as everyone's fully aware, was our seventh loss of the season. Now, for those of you looking at the banner below, remember the 7th of September. Why, you may ask. What, what's so significant about the 7th of September? Well, if you cast your mind back or if you subscribe to this channel, we need to go back to the 7th of September when I dropped the video. It was after the Antwerp second leg. We got knocked out of the um, the Europa League qualifiers. I did a video, an in-depth analysis onto the type of goals that we have conceded this season so far. Seven games in, it was the Super Cup against the Godes, it was Flora, it was Dino Zagreb, and it was um, Antwerp. And I said it then, we need to address our defensive issues. We need to avoid the silly mistakes. We need to prevent shooting ourselves in the foot. Because if we continue to do so, our season is going to be over before it's even begun. In England, we say, remember, remember the 5th of November, because it represented Guy Fawkes attempting to blow up Parliament. He failed. And on the 7th of September... I address the issues and the club has failed to address these issues, be it a tactical thing, be it an individual thing. We've gone past the stage of blaming players individually. We can't say, you know, it's Huberchan's fault. We can't say it's Lesiak's fault. We can't, it's a team problem. Yesterday, the two goals that we conceded pretty much summed up our season. It did, didn't it? Because we've gone from winning the league title with numerous clean sheets to a team that just cannot defend. And it's not, like I said, it's not an individual thing. It's a collective. Again, 7th of September, I said, this needs to be addressed. And it hasn't been. It really hasn't. See this T-shirt? Jan Lesiak's. My friend, that, uh, or our friend, Amonia um, Edits, who's been fantastic with his designs. I send him over suggestions and he puts them into practice. I'm actually shivering. It's freezing. I'm wearing a T-shirt like a vlogger. But um, 
he's been brilliant and he, he designed this. I told him what I wanted and he, he did it. He's, he's absolutely brilliant. And there's two more t-shirts coming soon. So um, if you want to buy them, let me know. I'll sort you out. Um, but I'm in support of these players. But right at this moment in time, we need to face facts. We're no longer the best team on the island. We're not the second best team, the third best team, the fourth or the fifth or even the sixth. I think we, we can just about say we're the seventh best team. And this isn't just an administrative problem. This isn't, you can, you can, you can blame Grigori, you can blame Baba Stavro, you can blame Berg, uh, Simo, whoever, you can blame Larko, whoever. But the fact is, the players need to be held accountable for this. And I know some players might be watching this and thinking, fucking hell, you know, this guy's been so supportive and, you know, we've been messaging each other and here he is shitting on us. I'm not shitting on him. But they know themselves that this season has been a disaster. It's been a disaster. There's no other way to put it. How can a team be league champions and fall so, so, so much? Now, we can look at other factors here. We, we can forget COVID, forget referees. I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about these subjects. We can talk about the European campaigns and how they drained our players. But I said it from last season. The players ain't ready for this, this grueling campaign. We played seven games by the 7th of September. Other teams hadn't even kicked off the season. We can blame fatigue. Yeah, these are factors that contribute. We can blame the external factors. Oh, the strength and conditioning coaches. And No, I don't want to blame this because right now, especially after yesterday's performance, first half, the goals that we conceded as well. This is on the players. This is on the players. And we've backed them. And yeah, there have been some supporters that have been highly critical. And as supporters, we are emotionally invested in our club. And after a loss, especially at full time, there's going to be people on Facebook. There's going to be people on Twitter. There's going to be whatever. But I'm looking at this objectively right now. Yeah? And you look at the types of goals that we conceded throughout this season. Remember the 7th of September. Yeah? Let's face facts. And, and this isn't me, like, uh, you know, uh, making things up, pulling, you know, uh, stories out of my ass, taking my hat off and just, you know, picking things out. I'm not making shit up. I'm going to tell you some facts right now. 17 games, 17 conceded. Okay, people will say, well, we kept six clean sheets. All right. But if you want to look at statistically and law of averages or ratios or however which way you want to put it, 17 games, 17 goals. That's one goal conceded a game. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. But then when you look at the types of goals that we conceded, and I'll tell you this for now, I'm going to get Charlie Mitchell on the show. Now, for those of you who don't know, Charlie Mitchell was at FC Buffer with uh, Cameron Toshak. And he was a performance analyst. And he and I have spoken about Cypriot football for a couple of years now. And I spoke to him today. And I'm going to get him on the show. Because I'm going to dissect every single bloody goal we conceded in the league this season with him. And I'll say this for now. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty talking about it. And it's not going to be pretty for you guys watching it. And it's not going to be pretty for the players. They're going to pick it up. 
Because I don't know what is done in the training ground. I'm not there. I'm not there when they have their team meetings. I'm not there when they're watching videos or whatever. But when you see the, the same type of goal conceded every single game, or most games, should I say, you got to ask the question. Well, you got to ask many questions. Are these things being addressed for a start? Are the players who are culpable or responsible for these mistakes picking it up? You know, people are telling me now, oh, they've, they've thrown in the towel. Well, at this stage of the season, where we are, they've thrown in the towel for winning the title because that's not going to happen. We've even thrown the towel in. So if the fans have given up, what do you expect from the players? Now, this that's not to say that they've jacked it in. I'm not saying they're not playing for the manager. Yesterday, there were signs that, you know, we were trying to get into the game. We had a few, sorry, I've drank too much coffee today. I'm fucking burping too much. There were showing signs of effort. They were creating opportunities, but we're missing opportunities. We're missing too many opportunities. You know, if you look at the last, what, five games, we've had seven, uh, 11, 16, uh, 21 shots. Yeah, on goal. Or should I say on target? 21 on target in the last five games. <laughs> Come on. We played Olympiagos at home. They had 10 shots on goal against us. Olympiagos. Right? So th this, isn't, this isn't good enough from an attacking perspective. And the players that are in those attacking positions, forwards, strikers, wingers, attacking midfielders, they know it. The fact that Fodi is our leading goal scorer, who's a Nagari, says it all. All right, I know he scored penalties. But the fact is, Gobelia, 17 games, 17 goals conceded. But here's, here's the scary thing. And I say scary because people don't want to look at these, these things. They look at the overall performance and they say, this one was shit, that's not, that one was shit. But as a collective, it's been poor. Defensively, it's been a shambles. I'll tell you something interesting. That's us, bot. So you can tell your friends or the people in the newspapers and, and the, the websites won't tell you. They'll tell you the statistics. The I can't even say the word statistics. They'll tell you the stats on how many times, you know, the ball's been shot on goal or over the bar or whatever. But they won't tell you where the goals originally came from. Because if you look at every single goal this season, I can tell you eight of them, Stem from our left-hand side, Yan's side. Seven from the right-hand side. Seven from... So you're looking at it in general. 17 goals conceded. Yeah? Eight from the left, seven from the right. How many is that? That's 15. 15 goals from wide areas. Two from central areas. And people are going to say to me, well, yeah, yeah, what about the penalties? Well, this is what I'm saying. The penalties that we conceded stem from wide areas. You look at Ayek, first day of the season. Balls come into the box. Hubachan concedes a penalty. Ball came from our left-hand side. No one is close to the right back. Like I said, I'm going to get Charlie Mitchell on the show and we're going to dissect every single goal. Every single goal. Because it's terrible. Up well when we lost 4-2 against them. The goals that we conceded. I mean, let's, let's talk about the two penalties that we gave away for a start. The first one, when Hubichan conceded the penalty, ball came in from the left-hand side. The second goal, 
which we conceded, the penalty, should I say, the second penalty we conceded, was from a corner, which we had. A corner, and I'm not going to even go into the set pieces this season because they've been terrible, absolutely terrible. Yeah? The corners come in, didn't beat the first man on the near post. It was headed away, gone to our right-hand side. It's bounced, and Sati didn't have a hope in hell because then Dongala was miles ahead of him, pace-wise. Came from our right-hand side. So in wide areas, we're getting caught. And this is what goes back to the whole 4-4-2 system. If you're going to have a 4-4-2 system, you need your wingers to do more defensively. And look, I could talk about Johnny's and Loizo. I've spoken about Loizo at great length this season, about the lack of his, his lack of defensive um, role, what he's done defensively. He doesn't do enough. Against Olympia, he was phenomenal defensively. Absolutely. And we, we've given him his flowers. Right, but when you see this this lad who is still developing, and I spoke to someone uh, after the Olympia Goz game when we lost one nil, and I'm not going to mention their name. I'm not going to say who they are, whatever. But they said to me, defensively, it doesn't matter what Loiza does defensively. That's not any. That's not a factor. That's not something that they care about. Well, I'm sorry if you got someone at right wing to support the right back and they're not doing anything or enough defensively, then it's a problem. Now, that's not to say that Zaharil hasn't done enough, because he hasn't done enough when he's coming at right, uh, right wing. But I feel more comfortable in a 4-4-2 with Zaharil on the right, because I know that defensively he would do a better job. Okay, he's made mistakes, but he's taller, he's stronger, so he can deal with a left back that got, got marauds forward. Loiso doesn't have that in him yet. Again, I'm not shitting on you. I'm just telling you facts here, right? Left back, right? As I said, eight goals conceded from the left-hand side. Lesiak's this season, his form has gone from up here to down here. He's finished. In terms of his confidence, he's finished at the moment. His confidence is done. But is that, is that Jan's fault? Partly. But let's talk about the support that he's had on the left-hand side. Every single time someone runs at him, there's no support. There's no support. Look at the goal against Abuel, the own goal that, that Lang scored. Came from our left-hand side, right? Okay, he's not tracking the runner. That's overlapped him. But why has that happened? Because Lang's stepped out of position and the ball's played around the corner. These are defensive issues that Johnny's wasn't helping out too much defensively. He's been great for us, don't get me wrong. Just like Loizel, fantastic footballer. Going forward... Fantastic. Defensively, not good enough. So what's being said on the training field? What's being, what's, what are these kids being told? Do your defensive duties. Stop ball watching. I remember the game against Buffalo when uh, Semedo scored, beginning of the season. Zaharil didn't do enough. In fact, it was poor. He was on the left-hand side. Valakari shoved him off. It, it, was, it was too easy. And he's got the ball in the box. What was the marking? You know, Semedo's had time to make a gaffe and put it in the back of the net. All right, that's it. It was a great finish. What was the defensive, defensive responsibilities? I said this earlier. I, I don't know how many times I've said this this season or when. I, I can't pinpoint exactly when I've been saying these things. There's no leadership defensively. There's no leadership. There's not enough bravery defensively. We have, we have players 
who have stagnated. And some players, one especially, being Huber Chan, again, I don't want to shit on him, but he looks like a 36-year-old. He plays like a 36-year-old. The days where you can have a 35, 36, 37-year-old central defender in Cyprus are done. It's not the 90s. Players have improved and pace kills. This is a quote from my friend Rodri Giggs, whose brother was a very famous footballer. And Rodri always says to me, pace kills. So when you have wingers, forwards, attacking midfielders, fullbacks that are quick against defenders who are slow and flat foot, you're going to get punished. Now, Hubo has conceded two penalties this season. He scored the own goal against uh, Abolon yesterday. Um, the goal against Doxa, which Sadiq just walked through. He didn't track the run. And again, this isn't a, a slight on Hubachan. He's 36 years old. He doesn't have pace. That's it. What can I tell you? Is you know the goal against the goal against Anorthosin, Gacharava's goal. That was a calamity from start to finish. Yuste didn't do enough to, to stop Lazaro. Lazaro put the ball in the box. Yuste was trying to, you know, um, shepherd him out of play, shepherd the ball out of play, did nothing. Ball ended up again on our left-hand side. Crossed in the box. Vada is unmarked. Didn't make a proper connection. If also Gacharava, who's unmarked. Back of the net. Fabi. Fabi, who saved us so many points last season. He was worth 15, 16 points last season, Fabi. Man of the match, practically every game. So surely the warning signs were there when your goalkeeper is getting MVP for most of the game. He was the, the MVP of the season for the whole league. Surely that was a sign for management to say, hang about. Our MVP wasn't a striker, wasn't a midfielder, wasn't a defender. It's a goalkeeper. So what does that tell you about the defensive problems? Okay, we didn't sign Lufna. Whatever. It is what it is. But if you're going to let this loan player go back to his parent club, you bring in a defender that is just as good, if not better. Did we do that defensively? No. It's that simple. Back to Fabi. We saw the mistake yesterday because he was partly at fault for that. Okay, Lassiax didn't put enough weight on the ball. That was poor. That was poor. The miscommunication between him and Banayodo, uh, not good enough. But Fla Fabi was uh, slow to react. He hesitated. And the ball's in the back of the net. But that's not his first mistake this season. We saw the one against Loxa at the beginning, where he's been at his near post. We saw the goal against Bayek, which slipped through his fingers. That's not a goalkeeper that's confident because his confidence is shot. And these things, look, it's a mentality thing. I get it. When the results ain't going your way, you're not going to perform to your best. And again, this isn't me saying that the players have thrown it in. They're thrown in the towel. This is football. When you're playing with low confidence, even the best players in the world, even the best, even, look at Messi for crying out loud. The greatest of all time. One of the greatest of all time. What's he done at Paris Saint-Germain? 
You know, confidence. Last season at Barca, he was their standout player, but he wasn't really the Messi that we know. Because when your teammates ain't performing to standard, you're, there's only so much you can do. There's only so many times you can bail them out of jail. But this 4-4-2 system, we've been talking about it all season. Forget it. Forget 4-4-2, because if you don't have the players to play that system or play the way that you want, it's not going to work. Fact. And I've been saying this since Kyra. 3-4-2-1. Because we don't have the system to play 4-4. If you're going to play 4-4-2, you need wide men that can support defensively and get forward and create. If you're going to play 4-4-2, you need two strikers that can support each other, that feed off each other, one with pace, one with with, uh, strength, good in the air, one that can finish. We don't have those players. So why continue to play a system that doesn't work? You play three central defenders, yeah? Because you've got a spare man in the middle. So most teams play one up front anyway in Cyprus. And they've got attacking midfielders from wide areas that often drift in. You've got three central defenders. You're 1v1, no problem. You play two attacking wing-backs because Lesiax is better going forward than he is defensively. Fact. So you give him that outlet. Psati, better going forward than he is defensively. Same with Shehu. Then you have your two midfielders because we're so insistent on playing two holding midfielders in a 4-4-2. Don't we? We're holding midfielders in a 4-4-2. So play two holding midfielders. And then you've got your two in behind the one. Your one's going to be Shepard your two attacking midfielders. You can have Loizzo, you can have Eric, you can have Johnny's, you can have Iai, you can have Ernest. You know, Chris said it yesterday, we're not coaches. We don't have our coaching badges. But these need to be addressed. addressed. It should have been addressed months ago. Months ago. Change it up. Give us variation. The in-game management has been appalling. Sticking to the same bloody system. When we're chasing games, do we go three up front? No. We'll stick with two up top. We'll still put the ball in wide areas. We don't switch up a bit. Now, I said this weeks ago, is Henningberg constantly playing a 4-4-2 to make a point? Or is he stubborn? Now, this is a guy... Let's, let's, let's not get it... Let's get it right here, yeah? This is a guy that played for Blackburn Rovers and Manchester United. Won the league at both clubs in teams that played 4-4-2. At Blackburn Rovers, and this is me showing my age, they had Jason Wilcox and Stuart Ripley as wingers. They had Jeff Kenner and Graham Lasso, fullbacks. Yeah? But the wingers did their job defensively and they were quick going forward. They were direct. They got their head down and ran. We play Loiza on the wide on as a wide right. He's left-footed. So we know that he's either going to go inside most, most of the time, or when he's going on the outside, he's always going to look to go on in the inside. Yeah? We've got John Ears, right-footed left winger. Again, inverted. Predictable. Switch him out. Because if you're going to play 4-4-2, play your left-footed winger on the left and your right-footed winger on the right. Gives you variation. That being said, are they doing enough defensively? No. If Eric played, does he do enough defensively? Well, he's been out most of this season, so we can't judge. If we have a Santi wide right, will he do enough? Well, he came on 15 minutes. He did all right, but he's been out for nine months. 
So it's it's just it's just beggar's belief. It really is. It really is. And and you know what? Through the middle as well. Okay, I know we've only conceded two goals through the middle, but I tell you what, cast your mind back to the Olympia Goz game when uh, Beglivani scored. As I said, I'm gonna dissect this with, with Charlie. Beglivani got the ball on the halfway line. On the halfway line, and he ran in a straight line. 25 yards he ran. 25 yards he ran with the ball. No one around him. Not one player around him. I'm not lying. Watch the highlights. Go on YouTube, search for Olympiagos one or one or nil, and watch the goal. He gets the ball on the halfway line and he runs in a straight line. He doesn't even zigzag, he just runs in a straight line. He takes a shot. All right, it deflected and it wrong foot the goalkeeper. But these are basic mistakes, Gamodo. And I'm sick to death of it. How it's not addressed is beyond me. I'll go back to Henning Bird playing a 4-4-2. Yeah? Well, he was a player as a centre-back at Man United. Probably a bad example because that was one of the most successful English teams ever. Well, they had Giggs on the left-hand side. They had Kanchelski, or so Lee Sharp on the right-hand side. But what did they do? Defensively, they did their job. Roy Keane and Paul Lintz or Roy Keane and Brian McClare, Roy Keane or Brian Robson, whoever. They dropped deep. They supported the central defenders. Jordi and Mix, all right. Jordi isn't that kind of player. He's not going to, you know, chase runners and, and trap players. That's not his job. Mix has done it. But I'll tell you what, he's been at fault for a lot of goals this season. I could talk about Ajax goal in the one all when the ball's come in from the right-hand side and it's fallen to Mamas. And majority of the time, instead of looking at the man, Mix is looking there. Next thing you know, he's got a five-yard gap and it's 1-0. I can talk about this all day, but it's not going to change anything. Remember the 7th of September, like I said, to when I told you the errors, the mistakes that we've got in us defensively. Yeah? Roy said it yesterday on, 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 the, on the live. Yeah? There are people out there that are going to be saying, I told you so. Well, Filemo, I am one of those people. Because I told all of you. There's over 500 views on the video. Okay, it's not... a gargantuan amount of number, but over 500 people saw it. So if over 500 people, how many of those 500 actually were at the club? If I'm money, I want to turn around and say to me, Stel, come and analyse our games and analyse. I'll do it. I'll do it for free. But I'll tell you this for now. If you want me to analyse these games, right, I will tell each player one by one where they've gone wrong. I don't care. I'll tell it like it is. This is what I've been doing from day dot. I've been supportive I've been critical. And people will say to me, oh, well, you were too harsh on that one. And, you know, you, you being someone that works in the industry, you should know that destroying footballers' confidence isn't the right thing to do, especially younger players. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've hurt people's feelings. But what I say on a YouTube channel is nothing in comparison to what people are saying on the terraces, what people will be saying to you on the streets. I will say this until I'm blue in the face, yeah? If you want to get to a level, as a footballer, you've got to take criticism. Because people will kick you when you're down. And when you get to the top, people are going to try and kick you to fall. This channel has been very supportive of the players. Very supportive of the club. I know this for a fact. But I'm not going to have people telling me that I've been too critical. Yeah? 
I'm not going to take it. I'm sorry. It's bullshit. Yes, we're not creating enough chances. And to be honest, unfortunately, I don't have the stats in front of me and I haven't been able to... It's because I haven't had the time to look for the stats in terms of chances created, in terms of shots on goal, shots on target, shots off target. I don't have that information in front of me. If I had more time, I would gladly do it. Because then I would go on the attack, on the attackers. Ironic, eh? I would go on the offensive. Because we're not creating enough opportunities. We're not scoring enough goals. But let's be 100% honest. How many strikers do we have that can score goals? One. One. And Shepard's not doing it enough. But to point the finger at him is unfair. Because I'll go back to what I said moments ago. We're not creating enough chances for him. It's half chances. He had one yesterday, hit it straight at the goalkeeper. That's not an inability to score goals. That's a lack of confidence. They always say, put it across the goalkeeper, hit it straight at the keeper. Every time he gets a, uh, an opportunity, in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, fuck's sake, if I don't score, someone's going to shit on me. That is football, Marco. But he knows it. Gagu hasn't scored enough goals. He's done great off the ball. But hasn't scored enough goals. You're not a killer. That goes back to the manager. That goes back to the, the signings. This summer, we should have signed a striker. If you're going to let Duris go, because Dura, as much as I love him, right? If they didn't want him, why didn't they let him go in the summer? Free up a place for a non-separate player and then bring in the striker. Why didn't they do that? Why did they let him wait until January for him to go? What, to give him a chance to prove himself? Well, clearly he wasn't in favour because every time, I think he only started one game this season in the league. Came off the bench five times. So you had him on the bungo the whole fucking time. Jedorah, what? We're waiting for transfers. We're waiting for signings. For what? Why are we waiting for signings? What for? To salvage our season? Gorelia, I don't want European football next season. I don't want it. I don't want it. Because the way I see it, what's the fucking point? We had the adventure this season. It killed our players physically, mentally. We had it last season. It killed them physically, mentally. We just about got over the line last season. All right, great. We had an outstanding run of form. Something which I don't think will be replicated for, for many, many years. Many years. Was it 16 clean sheets out of the last 20-odd games? That's some record. That's some record. But things change. And teams have improved. They've improved no end. At the beginning of the season, in fact... Up in, I think November, I was, I was saying on another podcast that Anorthosi, if they find a striker, then they will be dangerous. Lo and behold, they signed the striker. Before, before November, I think they went seven games without a win. I can't remember the last time they lost now. Up well. I, I detest them with a passion. And a lot of their fans are just weird. They're just weird people, man. Some of them are nice. I've got relatives who are Boyle fans. I don't hold it against them. I've got friends who are Boyle fans. I don't hold it against them. But some of them, especially the ones on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, you know, that, their team, they've, they've improved. They've improved in every area. They had to improve. But they did. They brought in a new goalkeeper. He's very good. They brought in a central defender that scored four goals this season. They brought in... 
wide players. They brought in a striker that can score goals. And here we are. They've got a coach that plays to their strengths. They defend in numbers and they get forward in numbers. They're quick on the counter-attack. They're aggressive. They've got leaders in the team. They are what we don't have. Can you believe it? Can you fucking believe it? Okay, people will tell me, well, you know what? Money that has uh, thrown money and, you know, it's he's, he's, he's double or nothing. Well, I'm sorry. When you're the league champions <clears throat> and three players have left you in the summer, two of them being key players, you need to address it. When you know that you don't have more than one striker that can score you goals, you address it. So what's the point in, in signing people for, for January? What for? What, what, what is our aim? What's the ambition now? To get top six and hope we get top four? Like I told you, I don't want European football next season. I don't give a shit. Because it's killing us. So this is what we need to do. First of all, we need to take a step back and think, well, why aren't we bringing any players just yet? I mean, what are we in now? We're in the 17th? 17th of January. There's another, what, 42 weeks to go? End of the month, end of the window? What's the point? The reason why we're not signing any players in January yet, and this, this is just me guessing here, is that the uncle wants to sell. He wants to sell. Because if he doesn't want to sell, why did, he, uh, why did he talk to Papa John in the first place if he didn't want to sell? If he wasn't interested in selling the club, why entertain offers? So he wants to sell. He wants to sell the club. Now, if we sign some players this summer, uh, sorry, this window, that means there's more players on the payroll, which means more money to spend on wages. I mean, Dura's gone, so I don't know how much he was on. I'm, I'm guessing 150 grand a year. I'm guessing, just a guess. Let's say 150 to 200. So it's 150 grand less a year in the books. Yeah? <clears throat> so why sign any players? Because he's looking at the balance now, the balance sheet. He's thinking that this player's on X amount of money. This Look at the contract renewals. We've only had one. This Okay, Lesiak's renewed, Fabio renewed, Adam Langer's renewed. Who else has renewed? Look how many players we've got out of contract this summer. Are there any deals being done to, to re-sign players? Because what it's telling me at this moment in time is that the league position isn't great. Some players are out of favour. Many players are out of contract. You know what's going to happen? We're going to end the season and then a shit ton of players are going to leave and a shit ton of players are going to come in and it's going to be a refresh and it's going to be a start from scratch. And perhaps that's what we need. Perhaps that's what we need. Perhaps we need a massive clear out. And there, fresh bodies. Players that might be a little bit hungrier. An improvement in quality. Because, again, defensively, we need improvements. Midfield, we need improvements. And attack, we need improving. If Ayek can go out and bring in 10, 11 players and they can gel and mount a title charge, why can't we? Perhaps we need a year out of European football just to get our asses in gear and bring in players. Maybe that's what we need. The thing is, <clears throat> I've had people tell me, well, you know, Baba Stavro isn't saying anything and no one's saying anything and it's winding people up. And but think about the last time he came out and said something. 
What did he say? We're not going to change what we're doing. And no, that's what he said. I'm not lying. He's happy with the way that things are. I'm not going to change anything. We're not going to change our mentality. Henning Berg said, we're not going to sign any players who aren't better than what we've got. Mate, you, you, you're shooting yourself in the foot. But see, this is, this is very clever. Because what Henningberg is doing, he's soaking up all of the pressure. He's not throwing players under the bus, which I don't blame him for doing. <clears throat> and he's not throwing the administration under the bus. He's taking it all on the chin. This is Sir Alex Ferguson with the Glazers all over again. That's what Ferguson did. You know, people were criticizing the administration, the owners. He took it on the chin. He even went so far as to say there's no value in the market. This is just a brief history lesson for those of you who don't realize or, or remember. Ferguson, the summer that Manchester City were signing Yaya Toure, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Sir Alex Ferguson, Man United manager, said there's no value in the market, so we're not going to sign players who aren't better than what we've got. So he signed Bebe for seven and a half million. He signed Michael Owen on a free transfer. And he brought in Antonio Valencia. And we saw what happened then. City went on to win the league. And Man United right now are still struggling. Oh, yeah, they spent a shit ton of money on players. But there's no structure. There's no identity. Throwing money at players, throwing money here and there. Quick fix. We don't want money to be like this. We don't want Omonia to be a club whereby, you know, we'll sign this and that player just to appease people. We need to address the problems. Let me put some comments up because I've been going on for 37, 38 minutes. Fuck me. I don't know how you guys put up with it, honestly. It's just a massive monologue. Fabiano ain't saving Berg anymore. He ain't. But neither are the defenders. Neither are the wingers, the midfielders, the attackers. Hashtag, not good enough. It's clear that we lack quality. 17 minutes with Asante and Eric on the pitch and we were clearly better. It's a matter of players. I wouldn't be surprised if we sign well, from Ethnigos. What for? What has he done this season? There's another one. What has he done this season? <laughs> I'm just asking, what, what has he done? We need another separate player in the team. Is, is this what we're doing now? Because don't get me wrong. Look, has it come to a point now whereby we're playing youngsters to boost their value? Because I'll tell you this now. From now until the end of the season, I want to see Asimeno play more. I want to see Humboldt play more. I want to see youngsters playing more. Yeah? I want to see it. Because there's no point in having an academy and not playing these players. Is there a point? No. So why didn't we give Asimeno half an hour yesterday? Why not? Game's done. Give him minutes. From now until the end of the season, play more youngsters. Play more youngsters who, you know, might be here long term. Why not? I don't see a problem with it. If Johnny's is worth 2 million euros... And Sporting Kansas are apparently after him. It shows you that the academy is working. Why not play these players? Give them the opportunities. Last year we won the league by four points. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Listen, Banayodi, we, we won the league. And 
it went down to the penultimate game of the season, didn't it? When we beat Ajax uh, away. And um, our bottle on three away against Olympiagos. And yeah, we we were confident going into this season because we were the league champions. We saw potential. We saw Loiza coming on leaps and bounds. We saw Johnny's, Gusu. You know, it, it was party time, wasn't it? But as I said before, everyone else is, is improved. Our bottle on change manager, they brought in a whole heap of players. And to be honest, they didn't look great yesterday. But they were tactically better. They had more energy first half. They looked more threatening going forward. And our defensive lapses cost us. Fucking hell. Start every game. Listen, I, okay. I don't want to... I don't want to trash the kid. I don't want to trash him. But as I said before, defensively, he's, he's not good enough. Going forward, brilliant. But there's only so much he can do in the final third. And if he's not getting support from his right back, he's not getting support from the central midfielders or the attacking midfield or the striker, what do you expect from the lad? He's not going to beat six or seven players and, and be like Lionel Messi and score goals. He, he's talented. But we can't expect too much from him. This is the problem. He's achieved so much at such a young age. And we forget he's a teenager. He's a teenager. He's not 25, 26, where it should have clicked. He's 18 years old. And we need to give him the, the, the opportunity to develop and adapt. But as I said before, if you are to be at a level, yeah, if you're going to be a winger, then you need to do your defensive duties. If you're going to be a number 10, not so much. So instead of talking about we need to buy the Gari, put him as a number 10. Put him as a number 10. Now, I know he's, he hasn't got much upper body strength. We've seen it this season. He's been brushed off the ball. Look at the Buffalo goal uh, that, that Valakari scored. Brushed off the ball like he didn't exist. But if he's a number 10, he's facing goal most of the time. He can run at players. He can attack players. He's not going to worry about being brushed off the ball. He can move left, move right, drift. That's his position. Anyway. Still, I support Berg. However, he was sat from Legia because after winning the title, he had a slow start next season. Same shit now. Yes, same shit now. But were the circumstances the same? Were the circumstances the same at Legia? Here's the thing. We don't know what happened at Legia. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Cannot accept. They made plenty of mistakes this year. You saw his press conference. He said we played the best match against Abolon. I didn't watch the press conference. The last press conference I watched when we lost was Anothosi. That's the last press. I can't be bothered to watch it. Because the problem is they're asking the same question time and time again. It always stems down to signings. Why aren't you signing anyone? Well, for me, signing plays in January shows desperation. Last season, we signed Shepard because we were desperate for goals. This season, we're desperate for everything. So we're going to sign, what, four or five players? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Forget it. Uh, just go out and say the truth. Say we play like shit. We cannot change anything this year. Don't play the guilty card, the not guilty card. This makes me sick. Oh, you're talking about Berg. Well, as I said, he's not going to throw the players under the bus, man. He's not going to do it. Fabiano was vital, but it would be unfair to Berg and the other players to say he wanted to title. I agree. Because it was a team effort. And this is what I said at the beginning. It's a team effort. If you're playing 4-4-2, everyone needs to work. Everyone. 
both attacking and defensive, and it's not happening. As I said, listen, I told you the stats don't lie, man. The table doesn't lie. It might give you a bit of a, a false narrative, but the stats this season do not lie. Eight goals conceded from the left-hand side. Eight out of 17, man. Eight goals out of 17 goals have started from the left-hand side. And that's not a knock on Yan. Yeah, he's made his mistakes. But where's the support from the left-hand side? Who is stopping the fullbacks or the wingers from putting the ball in the box? Why are you standing off him 5, 10 yards? Why are you not tracking runners? These are basics, Gobelia. These are basics. I can't wait to do this review video, man. I can't wait to do it. Because it's going to be like this. Your eyes are going to be open, man. You're going to see these things and you'll be like, fuck me. <sighs> Yesterday, I was sick and, sick and tired of watching the game. I turned the TV off after the second goal. Same here, Nick. Same here. Saw the second goal. Fuck it. Can't bother. No point. Honestly, guys, there's a point that I wanted to break the TV. I switched to PS4 because I'd rather get beaten by PSG. <laughs> uh, I think you've been playing a lot of PS4 this season. You've been playing a lot of PS4 this season. Thank you. Play younger players. Spot on. Play them until the end of the season. We've got nothing to play for, have we? Play the kids. Play them. I want to see the new crop. I want to see the new blood. I want to see it. I want to see hunger. I want to see the Asimeno heat map where he's gone all over the pitch. Yeah? How are we not signing no players after going to Europe back-to-back -back group stages and other teams who have done nothing again? So many players. <laughs> Quick maths. Yeah? Quick maths. Are we going to sign players for the sake of signing players? Are we going to sign players because uh, we need to improve? Are we going to sign players to appease the fans? You know, Roy said it best. Are we going to sign players for the sake of signing players? Are we going to sign players to improve us? Which players are going to improve us? Let's talk about this Frank Bowley. He's got COVID now. Is he going to join us? I don't know. I don't know. Berg has not changed his formation no more than 90 minutes this year. He's made no attempt at digging himself out of this mess. He needs to go. He needs to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this now. If he was playing different systems, number one, we wouldn't be where we are. I'll tell you this for now. We wouldn't be where we are in the table if he played different systems. Now, if he played different systems and we weren't getting results, then I'd say, okay, there's only so much you can do. But it, it just seems that he's not even trying it. This is it. Like, we've got a few games left until the, the playoffs or the bottom six, whatever you want to call it. Switch it up. Play something different. Do something different. It really ain't that difficult. Really ain't that difficult. This is our problem in Cyprus. He's too young. Well, if he's young now, then when's he going to start playing? Bravo, Andrea. And I said this on the last show that I was on. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Now, I'm not saying 
Messi was 16, Ronaldo was 17. And look, at I'm not saying our players are going to turn up like that. But if at 17, 18 years old, you're not playing games or at least making a few substitute appearances, how are you going to develop? Because playing for the under-21s or whatever it is, that's a different level. You're playing against kids at your age, your age range. So the, the physicality is going to be the same. The pace is going to be the same. You're playing. It's a level playing field. When you make that step up with the big boys, you're going to get kicked. You're going to get pushed around. You're going to get tired earlier. You're going to be made to work 10 times harder. But how do you learn if you're not playing? Look at Loizzo. He's still developing, but he knows what to expect. Johnny is still developing at 20 years old, but he knows what to expect. Why? Because he was starting at 17. Banayodo, Hambo, Asimenos. All these lads have played football. But are they being protected? Is, is, is Berg worried that they, they're going to get found out? Well, they need to develop. They need to play games. And now, when there's nothing really left to play for, apart from our sanity or pride, play the youngsters. There's been so much work done in the background at academy level. There are kids sitting on that bungle thinking, fuck me, get me on the pitch. Get me on the pitch. Because I would rather have 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds making mistakes on the pitch than 30-year-olds making mistakes that they shouldn't be making. I would rather see teenagers making basic errors than seasoned pros making basic errors. Because at least we can say they're kids and they'll learn from it. Maybe I'm just too romantic, you know. <clears throat> just support the team, guys, until next season where we'll probably see a lot of new faces. <clears throat> Nothing we can do. Too many mistakes to be fixed. I agree. I agree. <clears throat> but, but there is a caveat to this. We can't get behind a team where you know that the system is going to be the same. It's going to be predictable. Not that I'm saying that we can't get behind them because we shouldn't. What I'm saying is you can't remain confident. You can't remain upbeat. You can't remain optimistic when you know that it's going to be... A, a system that is, it's been, it's been played throughout the season, man. As I said, only one game there, one game. Kairat, we played three at the back. All right, you can say Basel away, it was more like a 4-5-1 and we did well. And we played the system that worked because Dura did his defensive duties and he supported Mix and he supported uh, Loiso. And it, it, we did well that game. Okay, we, we lost. But the scoreline doesn't represent the performance, as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> you must try at least for Europe and Cup. Too early to try youngsters. We should try for Europe. As I said, I don't want Europe next season. I know, I want us to win the Cup, and that means European football. But really and truly, I don't want European football. What for? So we can make another 8, 9 million euros and then say, well, where's the signings? Meanwhile, Boyle signing players. Meanwhile, Aris are signing players. Meanwhile, Anorthosi... Are signing players. Anorthosi, man. Anorthosi. Look at where they came last season. They won the cup. They signed, they signed Vada. He's made a difference. Yeah? Defensively, they're shit. But they're winning games. And as I said before, they needed one striker because Lafferty was shit. Gacharava was shit. I know he scored against us. 
What would they do? They sign the striker? <laughs> Man, honestly. Well, what can I tell you? Um, yeah, so I, I, we need to we need to play youngsters as far as I'm concerned. Play them. Give them the experience. Uh -huh. My penis is huge, bro. Let's measure. Let's measure. I'll get the tech measure out right now. Let's go. I think everyone, tell us how big it is. Come on. Since we're talking Malagias, let's do it. <clears throat> All the way 442 and subs. At this is the other thing. This is the other thing. Substitutions when they're being made. Sometimes you need to look at a game and think, all right, things aren't going well, so I'm going to switch up a bit. Change the system a bit. Put more emphasis on one area of the pitch. Or make a substitution early. Make a substitution early. So many managers, especially nowadays, if the, if the system isn't working, you make a change. We've got five subs. We can make five substitutions. If you're a goal down after 20 minutes and clearly it's not working, be it we're getting overrun on one side of the pitch or we're not doing enough up top, you make a change. Because there's no point waiting until half time to give that motivational team talk like it's fucking, what's his name? This is Sparta. No. If you're a goal down or two goals down in the first 20, 25 minutes, you bring on a substitution, you change your system. The problem is... We're too busy worried about other teams' strengths and we're not focusing on our own strengths. I don't know. Humble has massive potential. He needs to play more. I agree. Like a boss. Humboldt, yeah? Because he's the future. He is the future. And for me, no disrespect, he's got more potential than Johnny's and Luizu, as far as I'm concerned. Because the lad is a baller. And Cyprus hasn't had a player like him. You know? Granted, Loizo is a, a very, very good player. Johnny is a very good player. So much potential there. But if you want a player that can dictate tempo, Humble's your guy. I'm telling you this for now. Right, I've done 55 minutes ranting. Like I said, look out for the next video with Charlie, who's now coaching Trinidad and Tobago national team. We're going to dissect these games, man. We're going to dissect these goals. And it's not going to be pretty. And it's going to upset a lot of people, man. It's going to upset a lot of people, but whatever. Are we going to sit here and, and accept it? What's the point? I heard that we don't sign players from agents who want commission more than their legal amount. Shall we talk about agents? I don't want to talk about this because I know too much. I know too much. And if I say too much, it's going to get me in a lot of trouble. That's Jose Mourinho said. I don't want to, I don't want to speak. If I speak, I'll get into trouble. Big, big trouble. Um, I don't know too much about Omonia's dealings. That I can promise you and guarantee you. So when it comes to these transfers and things that are being done or the lack of transfer activity, I don't say too much about it because I don't know too much about it. But I know other clubs whose who's, uh, hierarchy, hierarchy, that's the right word, 
take commission from transfers made. I know it. I know it for a fact. Because I've seen it. I'm not going to mention clubs. I'm not going to mention names. There you go. See? So no one can sue me. Simple. But I know it happens. And if Baba Stavril is, is being clean cut about it because he's he knows that maybe something's around the corner. Maybe he he's maybe he's heard something. Maybe he's heard that UEFA or FIFA are investigating it. You never know. Can you imagine if some clubs have been doing things under the table or maybe doing things illegally and there's an investigation? There might be a WikiLeaks or there might be a German newspaper that, that unveils some information regarding some clubs in Cyprus. Then they get transfer bans or they get points deducted or they get fines. Imagine if Omonia's name isn't on that list. Remember. Remember. Anyway, that's it, Gobelia. I've done almost an hour, man. Thank you for your contribution. Like, subscribe, tell your nunna. Um, leave comments in the uh, comment section when this is originally, uh, originally, eventually on YouTube. Um, again, I'd like to say thank you, support throughout, thank you for your support throughout this season. It's been absolutely brilliant. And while the results and the performances haven't been great, um, we've always stuck by our team. We've always stuck by the players and you guys have stuck by us and you've been brilliant. I will tell you this again. If it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. And uh, we're going to continue to do this. Win, lose or draw. We support our team. We love our team. I'm going to end it with, with this. This season has been an anomaly. It's been a massive fall from grace. And it's been a massive disappointment. But I'll tell you this for now. Next season, we'll be back. We will be back. And um, we're going to fuck shit up. Bobby Shilakamu.